We could maybe make some mistakes or not being paying attention financially to what's going on in the business. Maybe we didn't do everything we could have to prepare for a specific meeting or a specific customer interaction. Maybe we didn't properly read or study the topic that we're going to be teaching our team on. Maybe we weren't adequately informed on the variables at play within the market and within our industry. And we look at those things that are going on and we say, well, God is on the throne. That is using dependence as an excuse for poor stewardship, complacency, and lazy work ethic. And it's not okay. We are called to be wise. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. It was a while back now that I went through a season in the business that was probably one of the toughest that I've ever been in. And uh, there were a couple of variables that influenced this. Specifically, we had a handful of big customers that we really liked and that really liked our business reach out and give me even just a personal phone call and say, hey, um, we really love Path for Growth. We love everything that y'all are doing. We're so grateful for the impact that you've made on our business and on our leadership. But there's a couple things that have happened within our business Um, that have put us in a position that we either need to pause or cancel at this time. And those customers represented a pretty big chunk of recurring revenue for us. So that was a pretty big deal because that was the first time that that had ever happened to me personally since we started the business about three years ago now. And then the second thing that happened is we as a team, and ultimately I'm responsible for it because I'm the leader of the team, made a handful of mistakes that were pretty big mistakes. I told the team at that time that it was the first time I personally had ever made mistakes with commas in them. And you're probably catching on to what I'm talking about there. But what I'm talking about there is that it was a mistake or multiple mistakes that cost over $999, right? They were $1,000 or thousands of dollars worth of mistakes. And so that's the first time I'd ever done that. So that hit me really hard too. And then beyond that, it was a season where kind of like it still is today, there was a lot of looming talk about the economy and about an impending recession. And so you kind of combine all of those things and it was a really tough difficult, challenging season for me. Now, thankfully, the business was okay, right? We were totally fine, and I I really credit that to God, number one, but then to number two, the fact that we tried to teach wise practices financially and organizationally for creating and managing a business that's healthy, and we try to practice what we teach. And so we were in a position where we had a really, really long runway. It wasn't panic mode. It wasn't code red by any means, but that reality externally was not what I felt internally. It felt internally to me like everything was moving in the wrong direction. And more than that, it felt like I was completely and totally out of control. And it was in that context that uh, something really specific started happening. Just about every single night, I would wake up um, between 2.45 and 3.15 a.m. And something related to the business would come into my mind and then it would move from my mind and go into my heart and I could literally hear my heart rate raising. I could feel it. 
And I would find myself sitting in bed at 3 a.m. not able to fall back asleep and not knowing what to do. And without a shadow of a doubt, the primary emotions that I was experiencing during that time were stress and anxiety and fear. And it was in that season because it was a season uh, that I learned a lot about the topic that we're talking about today because the topic that we're talking about today is dependence. And the fact that dependence may be one of your greatest responsibilities as a leader but also greatest opportunities as a leader for you to reveal your faith in and through your work. And so let's jump into that topic by looking at three questions today. Number one, why is dependence worth focusing on in leadership? Number two, what is dependence and how should we look at it with regard to leadership? And then number three, how can you practically apply dependence as a leader? What does that actually look like in terms of what you practice day in and day out? And so let's jump into that first question, why dependence? Well, in a world that glorifies and idolizes the idea of the self-made man and the self-made woman, your faith is best expressed by being a leader who trusts in God instead of trusting in themselves. I'm going to say it one more time because I think that this idea really encompasses everything that we're going to talk about in this episode. In a world that glorifies and idolizes the idea of the self-made man and self-made woman, your faith is best expressed by being a leader who trusts in God instead of trusting in themselves. Let's break this down by looking at a couple of the words that were really intentionally put into that principle and into that statement. The first word that's worth paying attention to in that statement is the word idolizes. We live in a world that has made an idol out of independence and personal liberty. We live in a world that looks up to, adores, and worships the idea of someone figuring it out all on their own, of someone picking themselves up by their own bootstraps and being in complete and total control. The problem with that idol, and it is an idol, is the fact that it's not real. We're not in total control. God is in total control. And whenever we lift others up and then simultaneously try to lift ourselves up by creating this image of being in total control, we are operating in independence instead of dependence, and we are trying to assume the role of God instead of trying to lean on God. And that brings us to really the sentence that I think captures that statement a little bit more concisely. If you want to lead for God, you have to lean on God. This is not revolutionary, but it is something that we often need to be reminded of. It is something that I often need to be reminded of. If you want to lead for God, you have to lean on God. You have to depend on him and on who he is. But that's not often the way that I approach my business or my leadership or my life. Too often, 
I say, I want to lead for God and I want to lead in a way that glorifies God. And I want to make sure that I'm doing this for God. But in the process of wanting to do big things for God, I create God projects and I'm not asking him for the way that I should be doing it. I'm not asking him to provide for it. I'm not asking him to pave the way for it. I'm not asking him to protect it. I'm not really consulting him at all. And I say, I'm trying to do this all for God, but I'm not willing to lean on God. Again, there's a difference between independence and living in dependence. And we are called to live in dependence on the God of the universe. That brings us to the second question. What is dependence? Well, I think a helpful working definition for what we're talking about today is that dependence is to live in accordance with who God is. I'm going to say it again. Dependence for you as a leader is for you to live and lead in accordance with who God is. Now, obviously, it would be helpful in light of that definition to ask the question, well, who is God? And there's so much that you could know about the nature and character of God that would increase your ability to depend on him. But let's look at what is often described as the three divine attributes of God, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Again, these are the three divine attributes of God. These are, these are the things that are expressed biblically throughout the Old and New Testament that God is at all times each of these things. Number one, he's omniscient. That means that he's all-knowing. There's nothing that has occurred, is occurring, or will occur that God does not know. He is omniscient. Number two, he's omnipotent, meaning he's all-powerful. There's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God can't will. God is in control. And then number three, omnipresence. God is everywhere at all times. There is not a corner of your life. There's not a corner of your leadership. There's not a corner of your business. There's not a corner of your physical space that God is not in because God is omnipresent. Now let's take those three attributes and plug them in to the definition that we talked about with regard to dependence. What is dependence? It is to live in accordance with who God is. Who is God? He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. And he is omnipresent. So are you living in communion with a God that is those things? Because that's what God is. And if we actually believe, number one, that God is real, and that number two, God is all of those things, we would be fools not to depend on him not to look to him, not to consult him, not to rely and lean on him. Dependence is to live in accordance with who God is, and God is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, and he is everywhere all the time. Now, I want you to listen to this principle real quick. It's a simple one, but it's a powerful one. Leaders fail when they try to be God. You as a leader, I as a leader, fail when we try to be God. There are often times in my life and in my leadership where I try to be, where I set out to be omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent where I try to not rely on God in his expression of those three divine attributes, but rather I try to take on those divine attributes. 
and I work as a leader to be all-knowing. I need to know everything that's going on in my business. I need to go know everything that's going on in people's lives. I need to know things that I can't possibly know, and I'm going to get all fearful and anxious and stressed out about all the things that I don't know because I need to know. I fail as a leader when I try to be omniscient because that's a God quality. That's not a me quality. I fail as a leader when I try to be omnipotent, when I need to control outcomes that I can't actually control. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you spent irrational amounts of time worrying about things that you had zero control over? That's what 3 a.m. was for me in that season that I told you about at the beginning of this episode. I was dwelling on things that I had zero control over. And what's crazy is in the process of dwelling on things that I had zero control over, I was abdicating my responsibility for focusing on the things that I actually did have control over. Because God did give us a degree of control, and it's actually one of the fruits of the Spirit to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self Control. God desires for us to control the things that are closest to ourself, meaning our attitude, our health, our mindset, our actions, our ability to love and serve people, the things that we're doing day in and day out. He did not give us control. He does not desire for us to have control over arbitrary outcomes that we can't actually impact. I fail as a leader when I try to be omnipotent, when I try to be all-powerful and in control of it all. And then finally, I fail as a leader when I try to be omnipresent. Uh, There are definitely times where I feel stress associated with this irrational expectation that I need to be everywhere all the time. Have you ever felt that as a leader? where you literally have this desire in your heart that you're like, man, I just wish that I could be in multiple places at once. I just wish that I could be in multiple meetings at once. I just wish that I could cram every single thing that I have to do with every single person that I need to do it with into one day. That desire is a desire to be omnipresent. It's a desire not to be like God. It's a desire to be God. And leaders fail when they try to be God. And think about that sentence one more time. Leaders fail when they try to be God. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know that to be true. But what's interesting is you can kind of break down the idea of failure into two ways. Number one, you don't succeed because you aren't God. So you fail in that like, I'm going to try and be omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. I'm going to set out to try and become that. And you will fail. You will not succeed because you aren't God. And more than anything, you'll be a failure and you'll be exhausted because you weren't created to be God. And then second, you fail as a Christian. You fail as a believer because you bypass your greatest opportunity to point to the goodness of God. Because what I want you to hear and what I want you to know is that your limitations as a leader are one of your greatest opportunities to share about the grace, goodness, power, provision, and promise of God. Maybe instead of denying our limitations, we need to embrace our limitations as an opportunity to 
point to how limited and finite we are, but how powerful and unlimited and infinite God is. And when we try to deny our limitations, we abdicate our responsibility for sharing that story. We throw away the opportunity for talking to our people about who God is and how God works. Now, we're talking pretty aggressively about this topic of dependence, and I've already shared with you how this is not a set it and forget it thing for me. Uh, Certainly, this occurred in that season, and it can still creep up in different ways with regard to our business or my leadership or our personal life, and different variables can cause me to operate in independence rather than in dependence on God. And that's where we need to remember that there's always something that we can always come back to and depend on, and that's the grace and goodness of God. If you're listening to this episode right now and you're saying, oh my gosh, I've been doing it wrong, and that's why I've been so stressed out is because I've been trying to be omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. I've been trying to be God the good news is, is God is ready and willing and waiting to be God. And he just wants you to depend on his grace for you to repent and say, I'm sorry, I have tried to do things you never created me to do and to let down the chains and the burden and to come to Jesus whose burden is easy and whose yoke is light and come to him who will give you rest and say, I'm not God, but thankfully you are. That opportunity is available for you today and right now as a leader. The grace of God is something that you can depend on and that you can always come back to. Let's move to our final question. How do you practice dependence as a leader? It's interesting. I was on a hike with Aspen the other day. If you haven't met Aspen yet, uh, she's my girlfriend. We've been dating for just over a year now. And there's so many things that I love about Aspen. But one of the things that I love about her is the authenticity and sincerity of her faith. And one of the ways that that is expressed is she often um, challenges me as a believer to think about how my faith is working into what we do at Path for Growth. And we were on a hike and I mentioned to her that coming up in June is Path for Growth's uh, third birthday. It'll be three years as a company. And I told her, I said, it feels like it's simultaneously been longer than that, but shorter than that at the same time. And she said, can you explain that a little bit? I was like, no, I don't think I can. Uh, But then she asked a question that really caused me to reflect on God's role in the business. She just said, what's the greatest lesson that God has taught you over the course of the past three years in the business? And I had to think about that, obviously, for a little bit. But what I landed on in response to that question was uh, something that was actually really simple. And I said, I don't think that it's something that I didn't know three years ago. I just think that I've experienced it to a greater degree now. And, And here's what I've learned. My role as a leader is to love God. It's to love people. It's to be wise and then trust that that's enough. Here's the deal. Your role as a leader is to love God. It's to love people. It's to be wise, and then to trust that that's enough. So let's break those down real quick. Love God, John 15, 
Jesus gives an incredible parable on the practice and principle of dependence. And it's in that parable that he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So often, my actions and attitudes don't operate in that reality. So often, I think, oh, I'm going to go do this stuff, and then I'll loop back in on the other side. And what Jesus says is, apart from me, you can do nothing. And, of course, you and I both know there's things that I've done before apart from God, right? And, and so he, he's not saying you can't take action, you're just paralyzed and frozen, because you can do some things. I think what he's saying is nothing you do will actually matter. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if it doesn't matter, well, matter is what is real. And, and so if it doesn't matter, did it, I mean, does it even matter? It, it's not, it doesn't matter. And so if it doesn't matter, then, well, by nature, it doesn't matter. And so when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, I think he's being real there. I think he's being serious. I think he's being sincere. He's saying, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. One of my responsibilities as a leader is to stay connected to the vine. One of your responsibilities as a leader is to depend on and rely on and stay in communion with and connection to and abide in God. Love God. Number two, love people. When Jesus is pressed about what is the greatest commandment in all of the law, he practices one of the greatest exercises in simple communication that's probably ever been recorded. And he says, there's one commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That was covered in point one. And then he says, and the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. The part of that that is so important for us to remember in that verse is, number one, how simple it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that middle phrase for a second. And the second is like it. Loving people is like loving God. Have you ever been a leader that is deeply religious, that says they love God, but is absolutely miserable for people to be around? <laughs> You're not loving God because loving people is like loving God. And so if your spirituality isn't affecting your relationships, you need to press deeper into your spirituality because loving people is like loving God. And we are called, regardless of how business is going, regardless of what the outcomes look like, regardless of the variables at play, regardless of what we can control and what we can't control, regardless of how people are performing, regardless of the mistakes that we've made, we are called to love God, number one, and then love people, number two. And it's not conditional, that's what we are called to do. It's not people that we agree with. It's not people that are doing their job well. It's not people that are contributing to the growth of the business. We are called to love God and love people. And everything that we do as leaders, as business owners, as people, as men and women, as parents, as spouses should be run through the lens of how do I love God in this situation and how do I love people in this situation? The second is like it. Loving people is like loving God. And then finally, number three, be wise. We said we're going to love God. We're going to love people. 
and then we're going to be wise. In many ways, be wise is a reaffirmation of point one, right? Uh, because Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if we want wisdom, what does it say we got to do? We got to fear the Lord. Now, fear in that verse is not terror, right? It's awe, reverence, and respect. It's you living in awareness and acknowledgement of how big and great and grand God is and how in light of that, how small and finite and limited you are. So fear of the Lord. It's the person that has the guts and the courage and the awareness to consistently ask, what does God have to say on this situation? Where is God in this situation? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it's kind of a reiteration of point one, which was love God. If you focus on loving God, your actions and attitudes and decisions will be more wise without a shadow of a doubt. But here's why I wanted to kind of double down and specify on this point. I can think of points in my life and my leadership where I use dependence as an excuse for poor stewardship where I use dependence as an excuse for lazy work ethic. Here's what I'm talking about. We could maybe make some mistakes or not being paying attention financially to what's going on in the business. Maybe we didn't do everything we could have to prepare for a specific meeting or a specific customer interaction. Maybe we didn't properly read or study the topic that we're going to be teaching our team on. Maybe we weren't adequately informed on the variables at play within the market and within our industry. And we look at those things that are going on and we say, well, God is on the throne. That is using dependence as an excuse for poor stewardship, complacency, and lazy work ethic, and it's not okay. We are called to be wise. We are called to be good stewards. Now, of course, you can over-index on this principle and really, really bulk yourself up and try then to be God and know everything. What I'm saying, though, is you better make sure you are applying yourself to knowing and understanding wisdom. And to asking, what does God have to say on this matter? And not just relying on that God is the throne mentality to excuse you not doing the job that he gave you to do. Yes, we need to depend on God. And in depending on God, we are called to be good stewards. These were the lessons that I learned more deeply in that season that I told you about at the beginning of this episode. Um, in a world that glorifies and idolizes the idea of the self-made man and the self-made woman, my faith is best expressed by being a leader who trusts in God instead of trusting in themselves. Uh, that I fail as a leader when I attempt to be God. And oftentimes my fear and my anxiety and my stress is related to the fact that I want to be in control and I'm not in control. And the reality is that I'm desiring something that I was never created for, that God is in control and he is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent is what I need to trust in. And then finally, uh, that I can practice dependence as a leader by loving God, loving people, being wise, and that trusting that that is enough. And if I'm ever too rushed to do those things, I'm too rushed. 
If I'm ever too busy to do those things, I'm too busy. If I'm ever too frantic or frazzled or stressed to love God, love people, and be wise, I'm too frantic, frazzled, and stressed because that is my primary number one responsibility. Now, I will tell you what I've learned about dependence is that when I hit my next trial as a leader or in my life, I'm not going to be perfect at exercising the principles that we talked about here on the podcast today. I guarantee you that I will make mistakes. But what I also really believe to be true is that God taught me more about dependence in that season of tribulation than I've ever learned before. And that I won't be perfect, but I will be better. And it is something that I'm committed to. It's a virtue and a value that I believe is right, and therefore I'm going to lean in and press in and hold it up as the type of leader that I want to be, not a leader that is operating independent of God, but rather as a leader that is in dependence on God. That's our calling. That's our responsibility. That's our opportunity. It was in that season that was really challenging that I found myself really encouraged by Psalm 23. And as you hear this psalm, it'll make sense to you why it was so affirming and helpful in that season. And it was a psalm that I applied myself to memorizing. And there were literally nights at 3 a.m. where I would just say this over and over again in my head, and I would literally fall asleep saying this psalm. And so that's one very practical thing that I would say, if you're in that season right now, apply yourself to memorizing Psalm 23 because it was so wildly helpful. Here it is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely the goodness and mercy of the Lord will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Y'all know this. We're rooting for you. We're praying for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.